Holistic Business Growth Podcast. I'm Jess Parvin, a web designer, branding expert, and business coach. Through my five-part holistic business growth process, I help confused, overwhelmed entrepreneurs find clarity and focus while starting or pivoting their business online so they can build a business and a life full of flexibility and freedom. In this podcast, I'll share with you mini coaching sessions as well as interviews with visionary entrepreneurs. We'll dig into a variety of topics, including branding, mindset, marketing, and much more. Let's get started. Hello, welcome to today's episode of the Holistic Business Growth Podcast. I am super excited to be here in Playa del Carmen in my apartment recording studio with my dear friend Mel Miles. Mel is the founder of the Soulcation Company, which helps women design a life they don't need a vacation from. And we're going to talk more about what that means and all of the various ways that she helps women do that. Today, welcome Mel. So glad to be here, Jess. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited. I Mel has a podcast, which I'm sure we'll talk we'll talk about, the Soulcation podcast, and I'm a big fan. Um, and I asked her for advice when I first started this podcast, so it's uh, it feels natural that you're a guest finally, and I'm excited to to talk about all the cool things you do. Well, so glad to be here, and I love you. Oh, so thanks. Here for it all. Thanks. Yeah. Why don't we launch into um, your story? So, I mean, your story is interesting and I, and I know it well, and I want our listeners to hear sort of the evolution of how you went from having a corporate job, what that looked like, into being the entrepreneur and world traveler, digital nomad that you are today. Yeah, absolutely. I really resisted becoming an entrepreneur and thought I couldn't do it, that it wasn't for me. Um, and I have a lot of compassion for women who are in nine to five jobs and working in a career that feels safe, um, but has this rumbling of something more. So I spent seven years as a staffer for Bill and Melinda Gates at their foundation in Seattle. It's where I'm from. I managed a big portfolio for them. It had big visibility. It was lots of hours of work. Um, and on the outside, it looks like I had it all, right? I had a great house. I was married. I had this, this job. Um, but I had been neglecting, I had been neglecting my emotions. I'd been neglecting my desires and needs until one day I had a panic attack at the foundation down, like literally down the hall from a, a bill meeting. I had to walk out. I collapsed on the bathroom floor. My palms were sweating. Um, I was vomiting, um, it literally in one of those automatic flush toilets. So wow. it just like kept on going off. And I ended up having to go to the hospital and an emergency room doctor looked me in the eyes and um, pretty much said to me that you are, are, are emotionally and physically burned out mm. um, and that I would be back in the same emergency room with another panic attack if I didn't do something about my life. And so whether it was entrepreneurship and a freedom lifestyle or something else, it was a moment where I had ignored the cues. I had mm. ignored this the stress, I had ignored the emotional overwhelm, I had ignored kind of those rumblings that I was out of alignment and my energy was so low and yet I kept on thinking that what you do with low energy is you keep working hard, you keep giving, you keep trying rather than really meeting yourself in that low energy and giving yourself kind of the rest you need in order to rejuvenate and heal and come back into the world with high energy. So that set me on a journey where I sold all my belongings. I left my job 
And I set out with a suitcase and a smartphone, really in desperation and skeptical that people could really make this work and that you really could live a life that felt like you didn't need a vacation from. And I interviewed everything from shamans in the Mexican jungle to shamans in in Thailand. I um, did deep meditation work in the Silicon Valley. I explored Western and Eastern medicine. And I developed practices that really brought me back to life. And I decided I would always prioritize freedom um, in any work I did. And so I've now redesigned my life around freedom, which we can talk about more, mm-hmm. um, and launched a company that helps other women who want to achieve their goals and make an impact in the world, but also want to feel good along the way, design a life they don't need a vacation from. Awesome. I think so many people can relate well to so many things in your story, especially the um, episode where your body was like at its wits end and it was like, no, you have to change something. I think we've most of us have had moments like that and it gets, unfortunately it gets to the point where, yeah, it's like, it's like a life or death situation. Like your soul is yearning for something so much that your body finally gives out and you have no choice but to listen to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know both of us spend a lot of, a lot of time and energy on ourselves and working with other people, helping sort of tap into the intuitive voice, um, so that hopefully we don't get to the point of burnout or, you know, physical, physical exhaustion of breaking down, of having that panic attack or that, that physical illness. Um, hopefully, you know, we can catch it sooner if we listen to our body and our, our spirit and our, our mind. Um, yeah, so, so relatable. And how, so how does your business look now? Like I know both of us prioritize freedom and flexibility and, and are trying to, uh, coach people through sort of a similar, um, similar path that we've been on in our own entrepreneur, entrepreneurial journey. What is, what does that look like when you're working with someone? Well, so I work about four to six hours a day. And one of the things that has changed my life is spending two hours with myself doing something I love every Mm -hmm. single day. Um, and so now I offer coaching, I have a planner, Um, I offer a course that's all about helping women without necessarily having to give up their home and travel the world to do the things that they love to do on vacation in their everyday life. So I first commit by living it myself because Mm -hmm. I believe that we often create offerings based on what we need. Um, and also to prove that it's possible, right? And I constantly am also doing the work of listening to my physical symptoms. Um, I'm publishing a book, which I know we're going to talk about, but um, I've thought a lot about what are the early cues that something is off and out of alignment. Because I think whether it's business or personal life, it's always about coming back to alignment with your energy, with what you want to create. And over 80% of all doctor's visits are stress-related. Yes, I heard that. That's crazy. Um, like, um, in 2021, 77% of all American workers in the, in the, um, corporate American workplace reported that their current job is either leading them towards burnout or they're experiencing burnout at this current moment. So we, I'm a public health professional. We have an epidemic of burnout, of overwhelm, of fatigue, of just stress. Um, and my current business is all about how do you make it easy, um, when you don't have a lot of brain power, when your body's already sick, um, to get your energy back. And so I create my products all based on how women can easily 
um, give themselves permission to do the things that are going to restore their energy, nurture their soul, connect with oftentimes the emotions they've been ignoring, which once you connect them and feel them, they actually move through you and Mm -hmm. heal. Um, so that's what my business looks like now. And in terms of how I run it, we can, we can talk about that in terms of contractors, in terms of deciding to grow my business slowly. I think there's a way of building a business where in a year or two, you can have a profitable company. Mm -hmm. I decided to take on other consulting gigs and jobs in order to build this slowly because I decided I didn't want to grind. Like I knew I could be successful if I hustled, right? Like my whole my whole corporate career was successful because I did that. And building this this company is a commitment to see if I can be successful, both in terms of my impact in the world, but also successful in terms of feeling good while I do it by building it slowly. So I'm in kind of a four-year plan of building this company, and I'm in year two. Um, and so it, it isn't fully monetize, monetized yet, but I have enjoyed every single moment of building this company. And I really do feel like over the next two years, I'm, I'm feeling the momentum that if you do something slow but with intention and every step is... Um, in love and dedication and in service of others, like people can feel that energy and it's so much more enjoyable to build that way than from a place of depletion. Yes. Yes. Great advice. I know I, I work with a lot of people who are building businesses slowly and there's, you know, sometimes there's um, a need to, to feel rushed or it's usually an external, um, feeling of needing to needing to monetize needing to grow really fast and I think the way that both of us work is not not just growing for growth's sake not just growing for the sake of making more money but growing at a pace that is going to constantly align with your lifestyle and fit what's really important I mean I always tell people to like prioritize whatever in their life is most important, whatever brings them the most joy and then make the business fit that. Like it doesn't have to be one or the other. There doesn't have to be this constant struggle of trying to balance life and business. Like they can kind of be integrated Mm -hmm. and maybe that unfolds slowly at whatever pace makes sense for, for you. So I love that. Um, Just to rewind a little bit, what are some tips that you have or, advice or daily practices for women who want to slowly begin cultivating a life they don't need a vacation from, even if they have a stressful job? (laughs) Yes. So great thing. Uh, The first tip is to write down how you're feeling every single day. Um, So emotionally and physically, and you may need to literally like Google a list of feelings words (laughs) to connect into that at first. And then based on that, decide how you're going to spend your time and energy because some days we are in deep grief or sadness and we look at our calendar and we feel like we have to just like follow all the meetings we had planned and so when you actually start to tune to your inner world and can you know change your calendar based on what you what you need emotionally and physically everything changes so writing down what you are feeling physically, emotionally, and then planning your play and rest. So women are great at planning their um, business tasks. So I say every year I make a happy list and that's like all the things, the skills I love to, like rather than setting goals of losing weight or cooking more or earning more money, I set goals on things that are going to make me happy, right? So the trips I want to take or the skills I want to learn or the experiences I want to have or the parties I want to throw. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I use that list and actually intentionally plan when I'm going to get it done. So every day I not only write down my three priority worst work tasks, but I write down my three 
um, the things I'm going to do for rest and play. And like I said at the beginning, I spend two hours with myself in some form of play or rest every single single day. And a lot of women literally are shocked when they hear that <laughs> and believe that they don't have enough time. And we can talk about how you find that time, but it has literally changed everything. And we can spend, you know, 30 minutes on our phones. We can easily spend um, time doing other things. Literally what we care about is what we spend our time on. And so if you can begin to plan your play and rest and then spend, whether it's two hours or 30 minutes with yourself, it really will change your happiness. And we're all usually building businesses because we want to feel happy and good and free, but we can actually feel that today. And I've even been in, in times in my life where I've had a corporate job and haven't worked eight hours a day. And so I really now am an advocate that the eight hour workday literally is gone mm -hmm. and that if you are efficient and you're clear on what's most important you should not be working eight hours a day and that there's easy ways to reclaim even with a boss even with a traditional job um, we all work a lot of us work from home there's ways to actually take back that time and give yourself permission mm -hmm. to do those things that you love to do in your daily life yeah I think that's a silver lining of COVID a lot of people even if they still have quote unquote nine to five jobs, they're probably working from home. And that I think is a permanent shift that a lot of people are just going to be working remote or going into the office less often. And companies are getting more comfortable with just trusting their employees to handle their time. So I think a lot of people, even if they have, they're not entrepreneurs, they find themselves with this extra time because they're able to be productive in a shorter amount of time than the eight hour typical work day. And so, yeah, hopefully they're using that time to you know, tap in and, and, and find what brings them joy and follow that because, um, what a gift to have, to have extra time. It's like the most valuable thing any of us have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it does take intention, just like you plan with your business. Mm -hmm. I've, they did a study on rest and most people don't, are not in flow state when they, re they're resting and playing mm -hmm. in our generation. And it's very different from like the studies of flow states in previous generations and some of it has to do with um, technology and that we often just numb out, right? So like watching Netflix or scrolling our phone, we're not being intentional about hobbies or leisure or planning parties. And so um, we're not doing the things that really feel good. And so it's hard to get in flow state when we're just scrolling our phone. So why would we rest more when it doesn't even like leave us feeling good? And so the things we're choosing to do for rest and leisure are actually not bringing us into an energetic flow state. And thus, there's not this momentum to keep on doing them. And that's why putting intentionality around how, how our leisure time is so important mm. really will then allow us to be in a flow state during leisure when most people actually get into a flow state during work. Mm -hmm. um, because that's interesting. And yet we don't get into a flow state in leisure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I can think even for myself, like so many times I'll be supposedly doing something leisurely, like right now, you know, going to the beach and, and the pool or going for a long walk, but I'm also like distracted with my long to-do list or my phone, you know, notifi notifying me about things that are, you know, quote unquote impor important or, um, yeah, it's so easy to be distracted. So I, that makes a lot of sense that our generation would be different because we have, we're like so bombarded by information and um, also like obligations, or we, we think that we have all these obligations to fulfill. How do you balance 
how do you balance that? Like you're an entrepreneur, right? So you are, you are expected, I hate to use that term expected, but there's the marketing aspect of being on social media, you know, being visible, having an email list, doing all the things that a lot of entrepreneurs groan about because it's sort of like the, the hustling part of, of growing your business. How do you balance that with having, you know, distraction free time that you're, where you're just doing something that brings you joy? So I often will spend an hour in the morning before I work. I think that, you know, going, mapping when you feel the most energy in your day and, and prioritizing some of that for rest and play is important. Um, that, yes, some things happen have to happen, right? But do they really have to happen, right? <laughs> and when we're not, when we're doing something that's energetically out of alignment, we're doing it from this place of, of responsibility and obligation or stress. It's actually not a creation we should be putting out in the world. Hmm. So I actually believe in kind of intuitive creation, which, yeah, you could argue, can you run a business like, intuitively? <laughs> and I, I think we can more than we expect. And so sometimes our edge is actually following the path of ease, hmm. right? And, and using the path of ease to do things when we feel good about it businesses do grow with consistency, right? And so adding a habit, like my morning routine is, I love it to death. And then I always will do like an Instagram post or I'll write a blog right after that because I actually don't like doing those tasks. Mm -hmm. And so I actually um, do them right after a long stretch of doing something that I loved and it's become a habit. So I do it every single day, right? Mm -hmm. It's a pain to do it, but because it's part of a habit, like you the book Atomic Habits is brilliant in this mm -hmm. regard because you add things to the things you already have incorporated in your life as habits. So if it's easy for you to do one thing, how do you just add one more little thing on top of that that's hard for you to do? And then one more little thing on top of that. Mm -hmm. um, and that's how you really build a, a consistent business is getting into routines that make you happy and then adding those hard things on little by little. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think doing it after you've had the the joy-filled activity is important because if you do it before you might like get in the wrong headspace and be kind of distracted um yeah I find that that really interesting talking to entrepreneurs about how they how they navigate in this this digital world I mean we're so lucky to have the whole internet as our possible you know possible client base but it's also so overwhelming to do to do the marketing tasks and to show up on social media and to be to be visible. That's something I've been talking about a lot lately, um, as far as like branding goes and how do you create a consistent brand that doesn't drain you, and doesn't make you feel like you're selling and that and that you're showing up in an inauthentic way. Mm -hmm. So that's a good tip mm -hmm. to just make it part of your routine, follow it, preface it with something that you love doing so that. It's sort of, it's, you're like doing it on the heels of something fun and joyful. I feel like that'll keep you in, in a better mindset um, to do the marketing things that maybe you don't like doing. But I always love reading your posts and your emails. I feel like you are creating, you're constantly creating from a place of joy. Maybe the task itself is, is tedious, but I feel like everything you write has so much um, joy just like infused into it. And that's, that's definitely part of your brand. Right. <laughs> well, thanks. Yeah, I don't think I don't. I don't do things I don't like to do often, mm -hmm. and I felt so scared of marketing. So maybe mm -hmm. what what your audience should know is, I'm a malaria expert, right? Like, 
I have years of training in infectious disease. And so when I entered the entrepreneur world, I literally felt like I went back to first grade, right? I left something that I felt so good at, that I was like an international expert. Like very few people had the knowledge that I had to literally like learning from 21 year olds online, like Mm -hmm. what a funnel was. (laughs) And so we're always learning as entrepreneurs and and the curiosity is what has kept me going, thinking about it from a scientist hat of like, how can I experiment with this, right? Marketing, it's not success or failure. It's how do I just run another experiment, run mm-hmm. another experiment, run another experiment. Mm-hmm. And one experiment at a time is how we grow our business and really how we grow our life, right? Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Yeah, I always tell my clients, like, there are no rules in entrepreneurship. You don't have to follow a certain structure. You don't have to, I mean, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. And, and marketing is is the thing that people are always like, do I have to? Do I have to do this? Do I have to do that? And yeah, like trying to bring in that um, that feeling of, of experimentation and play. I always talk about like, how, how can you make it more fun, more interesting, more curious? Like just not making it so heavy and important and, and feeling like it's drudgery, but like it's just an experimentation. And sometimes you get surprisingly amazing results and sometimes nothing happens and that's fine. And just like being okay with that is, is part of the ride, part of being an entrepreneur. It's never a dull moment. I uh, hate to interrupt myself, but I just wanted to jump in here for a minute to tell you about the holistic business plan course. This is my signature course that walks you through the five-part framework that I've used to help hundreds of entrepreneurs start or grow successful online businesses. In the course, we talk about your vision for the next phase of your business and how to reach those goals, the mindset shifts you need to make to grow your business, strategic and visual branding essentials, creating a great website to pull everything together, and finally, the marketing strategy essentials that will be the most valuable use of your time and money. The course really focuses on how to integrate all of these parts holistically to create a business that fits your ideal lifestyle. So if you're just starting an online business or you're feeling overwhelmed or like you've been spinning your wheels, this course will help you find clarity and direction to create tangible action steps to take towards reaching your goals. You can check it out on my website, jessparvin.com under courses. That's the holistic business plan. And listeners of the podcast get a special 25% discount on the course for a limited time. Just use the coupon code ABUNDANT at checkout. That's all capital letters, A-B-U-N-D-A-N-T. Okay, now back to the episode. Um, Well, I want to talk more about your book that you just kind of mentioned. You've been working on that for a couple of years now, and... It's going to be out in the world in a few short weeks. It's so exciting. I mean, kudos. You know, you've only been at this business a couple of years, like you said, and you're already launching a book. That's amazing. And yeah, I just want to, I want you to talk to the listeners a little bit about what the process was like, because I know a lot of my clients, a lot of people listening are writing books or are thinking of writing books. Um, Maybe you can tell us what the process has been like and how you sort of see it. How do you see the book in the like ecosystem of your brand and your business? And um, so maybe talking about the process and then what the launching it and what that looks like and what you hope will develop from mm-hmm. that. Yes. So 
writing a book is a huge endeavor. I had this dream four years ago. I started taking it seriously in January 2020. So it's about an 18-month to two-year pipeline. So not easy at all. Um, Part of me is like, well, lead magnets just work. Can I write an e-book, right? (laughs) I'm launching a traditional 60,000-word, you know, professionally done um, non-traditional or non-fiction um, narrative book called Soulcation, Design a Life You Don't Need a Vacation From. And I'm doing it because it's it's my dream, right? Because it was like inside of me. It was the thing I wanted to produce. And it's funny because I originally wrote a whole book proposal, got some help on it, shopped, got an agent, shopped it around to a whole bunch of traditional publishers, like had meetings with Harper and Collins and um, others in the Christian space. And literally their questions to me were like, show me the business hmm. about this book, hmm. right? So the the traditional publishers actually want to know there's a business engine behind a book in order to generate sales because that's what they care about. Um, and at that point I was like, what do you mean business? Like I just, <laughs> I just want to write a book for mm-hmm. a creative offering. And it was my wake up call that in order for this book to be successful, it can be the front end of my funnel. And for me, it's an important story I want to tell in the world. And writing is the medium that I prefer. The, um, but that having those high ticket offerings and having the book have like your lead magnet in it and draw people back to your website and have all these leads that are really draw- drawing people back to why they need your curriculum, your training, like a higher ticket item is so important because a book... I mean, if I've put at least 10 grand minimum into mm-hmm. developing this book um, and I've had a, a lot of kind of free help along the way. And, and with, I mean, Amazon takes 40% of the cuts and like the likelihood of me recouping those costs, the average book sells about 500 copies. Wow. Um, and so you really have to do it with a deep commitment that the book is attached to a very clear funnel and a high ticket offer, mm-hmm. or you also just have to be attached to the idea that you're doing it because you want to, mm-hmm. and because you're being your story being out in the world is the most important thing and you creating and not just letting it sit on your computer, but publishing it is so important. Mm-hmm. But I would say the writing took me six six to seven months and then the marketing has taken a whole a whole year um to get right but it launches april 12 2022 wow all over the world yeah (laughs) that's so exciting and then so what does the funnel look like if you don't mind um telling us like what the bigger picture looks like after the book yeah so the book is the the entry into the funnel and we're offering um an upsell with a planner. So I designed like a daily guide to help people write down their feelings, plan their rest and play and get clear on their top three work work tasks. So I have a daily planner. Um, and then I'm launching the next stage of the, the funnel is a course that people would sign up for that would be live and guided if they actually want to do deeper life design work and apply this location principles to their life. And then I also offer one-on-one mentorship. So the funnel is really that the book mentions all those products quite a bit throughout mm-hmm. the actual writing um, and the framework, which kind of the book is giving away free information. Mm-hmm. And I always say give away free information and all your lead magnet. And then the other products are really teaching them how they can apply that information. 
Um, Mm -hmm. And we really wanted to give away a lot of things for free for readers of the book in order to capture their email because I'm not great with like front end driving traffic, Mm -hmm. but I'm really good at back end nurturing. And so for me, my back end of my business is so important. And to have lots of people pick up a book and you read it and you're done Mm -hmm. Um, and people forget to mention their lead magnet and their freebies and they spend all this time and energy writing a book and then don't actually tell people or connect them Mm -hmm. to the, the things that can be the most valuable to change their life. Um, so that's really important that whether you're writing a, a ebook, a lead magnet or any product that's the beginning of your funnel for it to really cast a vision for what else is needed and kind of leave them hanging as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe story has, has a huge amount of power and it's really hard to tell a story on a web landing page. And so for me, my story is really my uniqueness about my business and this book is a way for me to go into the depths of that uniqueness and then invite people who want to learn more um, to buy the other products. Yeah, so smart. I I think that's becoming a popular uh, way to engage people. Like, I mean, once they've read an entire book by you, about you, like they're probably going to be diehard fans and hopefully, you know, follow you and and buy whatever you have to, to offer. So that's a great way to engage people and like on a really deep level, right from the get-go but you're the marketing expert if you want to give me <laughs> yeah. well no, no. We, can re- we can revise this <laughs> yeah no I think it I think it makes a lot of sense I mean um yeah now the now the I guess the bulk of your work will just be getting the book out there getting it into people's hands right mm-hmm. I mean which and is then everything re- else takes care of itself which is really hard for people that write books. Like I just wrote books because I, I loved writing, mm-hmm. right? And so this this next step has been a new muscle for me to to stretch. I would say don't do it if you don't love the writing process mm-hmm. because it's so painful. And I hired a book coach. I've hired editors. Wow. Um, it is like a scrutiny of focus group discussions and having test beta readers read it and you know, you pick up a book on a bookshelf and you might take it to the beach and spend four or five hours reading it, that author usually took two years. Mm-hmm. And that's a very traditional cycle for traditional publishing houses as well. Yeah. Wow. And best case scenario, you have to write another book because this one's so popular. So you're right. You better love the process <laughs> yeah. because you probably will do it more than once. I don't want to start asking you about your next book. It's, it's too soon, but... Yeah. What did you learn? Anything um, that you learned about the process of writing the book that was surprising on a, like a personal level or professional level or logistical level? Like how did it go? I mean, so the story I'll tell is I had an agent and I almost signed a traditional mm. book deal and I killed it at the last minute because, uh, well, two things. So about 75% of all book buyers are women. In, America, in the American market, and a majority of them are actually Christian women. So um, various denominations of Christianity are just very heavy readers. They have Bible studies. They have book clubs. It really drives the U.S. publishing market. And it's not to say that there are obviously other readers, but mm-hmm. just from a volume perspective, if you look at who's buying books and what book they're buying, if you're not Michelle Obama, mm-hmm. it usually is in the Christian space. So for me... Part of me leaving my job at the Gates Foundation and I had left a marriage and my mom died and I was very um, religious and part of my journey has been kind of unpacking what was just religion and doctrine and what was kind of 
truly me and my connection to God. And so I was at a moment of really questioning my beliefs and I, it became very clear that traditional publishers know what will sell and they want authors who will just write what will sell. Right. Mm. So you're literally kind of just a mouthpiece driving their business. Like literally their business model is to make money off of you saying the right things. And I wanted to own my creative expression. I wanted to be able to tell the story of me questioning my religious beliefs. I wanted me to just be able to describe my new connection with God in a very different way. And it became clear under the bounds of that traditional book contract, I wouldn't be able to do that. Um, and so you walk away from an advance. You walk away from, obviously, the publishing team, the editors. So again, like I said, I had to put up quite a bit of money up front to maintain my creative expression. But mm -hmm. Similar, authors are always in charge of marketing. Publishers don't give you any support mm -hmm. with marketing. So at the, the end of the day, yes, you do a little bit more yourself, but you own not only the content, but then um, you just get so much more freedom. So for mm -hmm. me, the decision to, to self-publish makes so much sense, and I think it does for a lot of people as well. Because breaking that, even though I had a lot of contacts, I could probably get into that world, it's so hard to get into, and you have to have such a big audience. And then the benefits to you are so minimal. Mm -hmm. And it's like why the publishing industry is literally editing voices. And it's one thing for, like, I worked at the Gates Foundation, and my job and responsibility was, was bringing in innovative new ideas. And the world needs innovative new ideas. And when you have gatekeepers of ideas, that's not what books should be. You should not walk into a bookstore and feel like the gatekeepers are, mm. are telling you what ideas are innovative or not. So I really now believe in the free marketplace. I believe self-publishing is so good for entrepreneurs, business owners. Anyone can put their writing up on Kindle Direct Publishing. It doesn't even have to be a full, you know, traditional book for you to do that. There's so much benefits of having an Amazon account, putting even an ebook up there, um, starting. I think a lot of people don't know there's a whole SEO be behind Amazon and mm -hmm. keywords. And so you really can get a lot of people who are searching for books, right? It's like people who want to read books go to Amazon, right? You can run ads, you can drive traffic to keywords, like use that to your advantage if you have a book. They're not going to be on Instagram looking to read a book, they're mm -hmm. going to be on Amazon looking to read a book. Yeah, smart. Yeah, I think that was so smart to self self publish. The uh, I think things are obviously changing. I mean, thanks thanks to the internet and everyone being able to market and, like you said, use things like uh, Amazon SEO to their advantage makes it. You know, I mean, there's a lot more out there, but maybe maybe you could call that competition. I hate to I hate to say that word, but um, it's also there's also so many opportunities that maybe we didn't even have 20 years ago. I mean self-publishing a book 20 or 30 years ago without the internet would have been nearly impossible. So very smart. It sounds a lot to me um, like the publishing industry is a lot like the music industry. You know, I'm more familiar with the music industry through my, my husband and, and yeah, getting a record deal is, is a joke these days. It's like, why, why would I do that? Why, like you're literally signing your creativity away in exchange for so little. <laughs> I mean, it used to be a lot more lucrative and it was kind of the only option. And now it's like, no, why, why would I, why would I sign away so much creative, creative rights for so little, you know, money or support? So good, good for you. I think that's, you know, that's going to be a, a big, so that's going to be, I imagine a big, uh, check on your list of like things that you want to accomplish in life, right? Adding the author, um, 
title. <laughs> so exciting. Is there anything else? Like, okay, after you're an author, like, what's next? What's, what's anything else big on the horizon that, that you're brewing up? I really want to do retreats. Yeah. I've never been in a travel company, but I believe in the power of small intentional communities to mm-hmm. transform women. And secretly, I just want to do it because I like to travel, mm-hmm. right? And I think whenever we create something in our business that we like to do, there can be so much alignment with that. Um, yeah, so I think that's on the horizon. Obviously, launches are a, a big deal. Mm-hmm. And you put a lot of planning and energy into that. And my launch is going to be about three months of intentional like launch season promotion of the book. So that'll run through the summer. And again, already thinking about that, that season of high output and then a, mm-hmm. a season of slowness and kind of just keeping the business going but not putting a lot of effort and energy into it. So those rhythms of up and down are really important to me. And then this really is a way for me to monetize my business. I think I've had very few clients, high ticket, but all relationship-based. So Mm -hmm. it's funny because when I study my business, I post on Instagram, I write these emails, and and people do read the emails, but in terms of conversion, it's always either a personal recommendation or a personal contact is where Mm -hmm. the conversions are coming from. And I actually haven't seen true online conversion yet, except for like buying a planner here and there or... Um, joining a course and so I'm really curious once I I mean I literally this book talks about my divorce talks about me literally going to domestic violence class after I hit my husband it talks about me working for Bill Gates literally has the most shameful moments of my life in this book and I'm really curious to see like that's the that's what I've wanted to get across to people, right? As my vulnerability, as my authenticity. Like I, that's what I've wanted to come across in marketing that I haven't felt like I've succeeded at yet. And I'm very curious of just laying it all out in a book, right? To be like, I was in the hospital with a panic attack. I hated my job. I was in a marriage I didn't like. Like I was the girl, I didn't have a big savings account and I still took the risk mm-hmm. of trying to figure out another way and on the other side yes I found happiness and freedom and so I so believe other people can too because I remember my resources felt so limited and so scarce and yet you know I thought I would never do it Mm -hmm. but I did it and so I deeply really want to help those people and I'm just curious um, how the book will do when it, it seems like the message I really want to get across can be sometimes so hard to communicate in the, you know, the formats of content that people are absorbing. And so I'm really open to shifting my business as well based Mm -hmm. on what resonates most with people and to say this business had version one, right? Mm -hmm. And version one created this book and I, I'm not going to decide what version, not version two, but right. Like this next Mm -hmm. iteration is going to be, um, I'm going to let like my audience decide for me and really react to that. Awesome. Like you said, it's all an experimentation. So just taking it one step at a time is, <laughs> is all you can do. It's, that's great. And I know that you're always creating from like an intuitive place of what feels good, what's resonating with you, what's resonating with your audience and not forcing it too much. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to read the book and go on your future retreats if those happen that sounds really fun <laughs> and I will be I have had times of pushing mm-hmm. and maybe just to be completely transparent to your audience I mean I took a job an actual job to provide steady income because I didn't want to force my business to make mm-hmm. money because it wasn't 
it wasn't generating income at the level I needed or wanted. And it was either I push harder or I just give myself a smooth runway. So for anyone, you know, it's easy to say like, oh, go slow if you have like angel investors or a hundred grand in the bank. But if you don't, also just finding ways like take care of yourself first as an entrepreneur actually make sure you have enough money for you before you pay other people right like actually give yourself a good life before you really push in the business and so some of the decisions I've made have been maybe safer decisions but are honoring my need for spaciousness and slowness so I can build the business intuitively rather than Mm -hmm. you know feel like I'm you know not going to have enough money to run the business every month. Yeah. Well, it's important. I mean, that's the sort of feminine energy that, you know, I think we're both trying to cultivate. I just wrote a, uh, Instagram post about like cultivating more feminine energy in my business and my life. So that's, that's on my mind, like that idea of push and pull or of, um, slowness and gentleness versus, versus, um, aggressive action. And, you know, there's a time for that, but, Overall, yes, if you can cultivate that slowness and gentleness and whatever you need, prioritizing whatever you need as an individual above, you know, what will bring you more profit or, you know, whatever that that outward calculation of success looks like. I mean, that's really what it's all about. Like that's that's what being an entrepreneur. That's the, the silver lining of being an entrepreneur is that we get to decide what we prioritize. We get to decide how we use our time. We get to decide, um, when to take a job and when to work on our business and when, when that, you know, when we need more feminine sort of, uh, slowness and gentleness and when the masculine aggressive action is, is needed as well. And finding that balance, I don't even like to use the word balance, but, you know, finding that integration of those things is, is so important. Yeah, I I think a lot about healed masculine and healed feminine because mm. I had a very wounded masculine, right? So my wounded masculine pushed so hard mm. and worked so hard. And there is a way for us to tap into our masculine that's healthy and mm-hmm. healed and balanced. Um, and same with the feminine, right? This intuitive um, flow energy is so important in building a business. But yet if we just like, always do what feels good, right? We may never work on the business. Mm -hmm. So like noticing, okay, when does this feel like wounded feminine? And when does this feel like healed feminine? And Mm -hmm. same thing, like when do I feel like I'm in my wounded masculine versus my healed masculine? Mm -hmm. Is it just start to observe those parts of you um, or what parts of your feminine do you not trust, right? And so it's wounded and broken. It's either you're usually overcompensating or undercompensating, and the version, the, the goal is really to use it to our benefit and to, tr- usually for a lot of people, it's trusting the feminine again, because mm-hmm. we've been so numb that we could actually build a business with the, that feminine energy. And so there's wounded feminine that needs to be nurtured and almost mm-hmm. like mothered, right? And loved yeah. on to bring our, our feminine back to a healthy place. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I feel like the wounded feminine for a lot of us shows up like, um, over giving, over committing, over extending ourselves to everybody else, over nurturing and not allowing ourselves to be nurtured, like you said, not allowing ourselves to be, to be mothered and to be um, gentle with ourselves and accepting that from other people because we're kind of programmed to give, give, give. Um, that's yeah, that's a good way to, to describe it. 
Well, Mel, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you here. Again, we're talking um, from my apartment in Playa del Carmen, where we first met last year. Um, Mel can be found bouncing all over the globe, soon to be in Portugal. <laughs> but I'm lucky, lucky I caught up with her here in Mexico. And where can people go to find out more about what you do, and most importantly, to hear about when the book is released? Yeah, melodymiles.com. I have a free masterclass um, with the five shifts to healing burnout. Um, and it walks you through this location framework of how you can begin to apply kind of the principles of who you are and what you like on vacation in your everyday life. So that is free on my website. And then if you sign up for that, you'll also get all the emails about the book coming out and the launch parties and some of the free giveaways that we're doing. So that's a great way to connect. And like I said, writing is my form of connection. So I write like a love letter once a week. Um, I also post on Instagram, but really it's the words that I put into the world that, that matter the most to me. So I would be honored if, yeah, if you're interested to sign up and enjoy reading my words. Wonderful. And listen to this location podcast. Yes. It's a great, uh, interview format. I think you're a great interviewer as well as writer. So, um, definitely send people there. Well, thank you again. And I can't wait to read the book. I know it's going to be beautiful. Thanks, friends. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I would hugely appreciate it if you would leave a review and share this show with anyone you think might enjoy it. To learn more about my holistic business plan course, coaching packages, as well as branding and web design, head over to my website, jessparvin.com. You'll also find lots of free resources there, and you can contact me to set up a free 15-minute consultation.